Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, we're pumped to be here late in the evening on a Thursday. Um, just a great day. The kids are in bed. Sam's asleep for now, for the next 15 minutes or so. Uh, he stopped sleeping. So Daisy's in bed. We're up here. We got flies in the room <laughs> I mean uh, you know we're just hanging out we got to go out to the cabin for a night I had the weekend off of comedy uh, we got to go out to the cabin for a night last night it was a lot of fun we hung out there and uh, you know we just kind of what do you call it what do we call it puttering around frittering yeah. around um, out there and I just you know I move I walk along and I'll pick up sticks and I'll bring them and I'll put those sticks in another place, you know? <laughs> that and, is what you did. And, uh, you know, and I took a bunch of cardboard out there and I laid it down. I have this area that I had cleared off, but it just keeps growing back all these vines and brush and all this. So I took the cardboard and I laid it down over it. And then I put some sticks over top of it, hoping to just trap it, block it out, give it no sun, choke it out. And then next spring, plant some wildflowers out there. There's no birds out there. I don't understand what's going on out there. Uh, we're not, you know, we're not in the middle of nowhere out there. But we are, you know, we do sit on nine acres and a lot of it is woods and creek and stuff like that. But there is just, we have more wildlife in our backyard here in Hermitage in the middle of the suburbs than we have out there. So I don't know what's going on. You get very suspicious when there's one bird missing. Well, birds have... Birds have come up missing lately. I mean, there was a time, especially during COVID. I mean, I was putting out bird feeders. And I mean, we had birds of all kinds out here. And they were all over the backyard. I mean, I'd put a bird feeder. I'd fill my bird feeder up. In two days, it was empty. Cardinals. Cardinals galore out here. Male cardinals. Female cardinals. I didn't even know the difference. But now I do. Uh, we had the titmouse out here, the, the um, uh, I don't know. Grackle. Grackles. We had grackles all over the place. I suspect that the the fence scared off the grackles. Mm. Um, but we had so many birds, finches. Um, so much so we bought a bird book and binoculars. 100%. And now they've kind of disappeared. So I don't know what's happening. Doves. We had lots of doves. But um, hopefully it's all coming back. But I'll tell you a little wildlife we did find at the cabin. Mm. Suspiciously, we just did a rat episode. And then I'm walking around out basically in the driveway. And I see a little piece of fur on the ground. And what looks like to be a busted up grub worm, that's the best way I can describe it. And then as I'm investigating this, I see what appears to just be like a rat snout. It's just like its nose and whiskers and maybe 
the top part of the front of the mouth. It looks like something ate a rat all the way up to the snout and then was like, I'm good. You know the only animal that would do that? Another rat. See, I don't know. See, I'm thinking it's some kind of, and it could just be a domestic cat roaming around out there, but I'm thinking it's some kind of wild cat. No, sir. Rats are just vandals. I mean, they eat each other up for the, fun. They are, but I just, you know, I don't see why this rat would have been eating another rat out it, in the. They don't make no sense. You can't put human sense onto rat chaos. If this is in the city, I'm a, I'm buying that 100%. But out in the country, I'm thinking it's something else. Something else, God. And I don't, I don't even know that it was a rat, to be honest. I, it, what if it was like a possum? It could have been a possum. It was a big snout. Ugh. Yeah, but rats are big, too. I think it was a rat, and I'll tell you why. Because we just did this episode on rats, and I feel like there's some sort of moral law or spiritual lesson that God is telling us through this rat snout. I mean, maybe. I missed the lesson. Okay. But um, it's it's pretty wild. It is pretty wild to see that. I forgot the owl houses and the bat houses. Uh, so we didn't set those up. Not that I would have been able to set them up this time anyway. Uh, but there are a lot of bats out there. And we have mo- we have less mosquitoes way out there in the country by a creek than we do in our own neighborhood right here. And I think it's because of the bats. And I'm looking to get bats going. I want to get an owl house going too. It's really great what's going on out there at the land. What we've been able to do, it's really fun. We took Daisy today. We got We got her some water shoes. I got me some water shoes. This is something I never would have did as a kid. When I was a kid, we were straight up just walking through the creek barefooted. But as an adult, I just know how reckless people are now. And I feel like there's, there's a, you'll find old beer cans and bottles out there. And I'm not trying to cut my foot open. So we have water shoes that we put on. And we just walked all through the creek today. It was really a lot of fun. Daisy loves it. Uh, I love it. And we just got out there, messed around. Uh, you know, it just is great. Throwing rocks. Yeah. Getting scared of moss. Well, she's not really scared of moss now. She, okay. we, we went out there one time and, and I have my mom's step great grandson, uh, is how I like to refer to him, but he's a sweet kid. And he, um, he was acting all afraid of moss. And then ever and then the next time we went out there, Daisy was like all afraid of moss. So I think he had a little influence over her. Mm-hmm. And now after a little while, I think she's realized that it was silly to be afraid of moss. Yeah. But so that that's it. We didn't we didn't have a uh, I didn't have gigs this weekend, but I did do a couple of gigs locally. I returned to Nate Land. Uh, as people that listen to this podcast and that one will already know, I returned to Nate Land, and it was great. It actually worked out great because Aaron wasn't there. So last week, Aaron made a joke about me being fired from the podcast. And he was like, we've parted ways with Dusty. He's like, I've even deleted Dusty's number from my phone. And then he says, I'm just kidding. But people did not seem to get that he was kidding. They really took it very seriously. So I got to say that Aaron got fired for making such a bad joke about me getting fired. 
hilarious stuff. Did the people in the comments enjoy that? I don't think anyone even commented on okay. it. Okay. All right. It was just for you. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's nice. They really focused on Joe Zimmerman was there and he brought up uh, things about earth and space and stuff like that. And so we had a nice little chat about it and people, people really got into that. It seems mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Um, you love getting into the threads. You love getting into the, con I think you're the only comedian at your level that actually replies to trolls. Well, I like to get in there. You do. I think that's fun. I mean, one day, you know, the, it potentially will be too much to be able to do it. And it will take up your time if you get into it. But this is what happens. If someone sends a comment, comments on a video of mine on YouTube, I get an email letting me know there's been a comment. It doesn't happen on Nate Land because it's not under my page. But sometimes I, you know, I, I don't always do it, but some weeks I like to go in and read the comments, especially if I haven't been on the podcast in a while. I like to, you know, read some of the comments, just kind of see what people are saying. And then I'll comment just for fun. And sometimes it just ends in one comment, but sometimes, but once I comment and then they respond to me, then I start getting emails letting me know they responded. Now you're in a conversation. Yeah. Now I'm into it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like to make jokes uh, about space being fake. And then people like to send me videos proving that space is real. But the videos all look pretty fake. Yeah. So so I'm like, well, you're not helping. And uh, but it's pretty fun. Well, speaking as your wife, you don't like to lose a, uh, an argument. Yeah. And you'll keep it going until your point is aired and understood and accepted. You will say sorry to me, but I don't see you saying sorry to anybody. It doesn't here. have to be accepted, but it does need to be heard. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does need to be heard. It needs to be heard and comprehended and said out loud so that you know that I understand. That's all about. I need. I yeah. need for people to to hear what I've said and, and take it in. Matter but, of fact, that's what you say. Did you hear what I said? Right, because people are so quick to... Uh, go on about their argument yeah. before even actually hearing what you've said. Yeah. A lot of times I'm not even arguing and I'm just saying, hey, doesn't this make sense? Yeah, but your delivery is real slick. Because you're, cause you're real, you, you, your sentences are short and sweet and to the point. And so that would really infuriate your, your layman person talking to you right. because it sounds like you're being moderately, mildly passive aggressive. Yeah. Well, people get so mad at me for making jokes about space being fake. Yeah. And I'm just having fun. I mean, it's probably is fake, but I'm just having fun with people. Right. About but it. I mean, you know, space is part of science and that's a part of some people's worldview, just like Christianity is a part of our worldview, so we wouldn't like it if someone was, you know, stepping to us about our beliefs. Right, but space is not uh, saving us and bringing us to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just want people to get on board with the idea that we're wasting time exploring space before we've explored all the oceans. That's a point I've been well, trying to make. That's for a, a point that I can get down with. I've been making that point for a long time. And let's be honest. 
They just recently went down in a ship to try to look at the Titanic or whatever. I honestly didn't spend a lot of time reading about it. I just know that a ship, a submarine went down in the water. It got too deep and the ship was crushed. So I'm supposed to believe that we've sent a spaceship to the moon, but we can't even go down in the ocean a little bit without it crushing it. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know, dude. Like we're talking about uh, air or lack of air in the in 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 the universe and above the Earth, and then we're talking about water. Like we're two different elements or lack of. I don't even know what is space. Like it's not it's not air, is it? It's not it's not air as we know. It's obviously not oxygen, but it's you know. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not supposed matter. to be just nothing. Right? right. So I don't know how the, those two, it's like you're comparing apples and oranges. Right. But it's like, you just, uh, you're just going to go ahead and go, water's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> let's Maybe go, it is too hard. let's go space. Water's <laughs> too hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read an article recently about, squids giant squids yeah these things are bigger than our backyard yeah and our backyard's about a qu- half acre quarter acre yeah maybe a quarter acre. 0.25 acres i think that's what it is okay but it's huge but no one's ever seen them but they're huge somehow they know that they're there but they haven't really seen them or been able to like track them in any kind of way yeah i mean i think in the depths of the ocean is yeah. some wild stuff i believe in mermaids I mean, I think there could be something like that. I mean, people talk about that at, and I talked about this on Nateland a little bit. Nobody's really interested when I get into these sorts of things. So it just ends up me being, me talking with people just looking at me. Yeah. But, you know, they, they used to say that, you know, people that would be at, at sea for a long time, you know, they would call them sirens or whatever. And they would look out over the ocean and there would basically be these beautiful women swimming in the water oh yeah and so they would call to the men and when the men jumped in you know they would drag them down to their deaths it would be mermaid type things and they would drag them down and kill them and i think the great thing that they've done with all these things is you know like a mermaid for instance they've made cartoons about it and made a whole spectacle of it until we've all just gone, well, that's make-believe. That's somebody's imagination. And I don't really believe that people's imaginations are that good. Like dragons. The Bible talks about dragons. We believe in dinosaurs, some of us, and we believe in flying dinosaurs, but the idea of a dragon is just fantasy to people. You must be an idiot if you believe in a dragon. But the Chinese Zodiac has all of the uh, the represented animals are real except for the dragon. The Chinese love a dragon. Um, I, as far, I think there's a lot of like South American places that love dragons. Dragons are always being talked about. It's like maybe they were real. Well, something to keep in mind that in today's day, what everybody refers to as myths – like Greek mythology, Roman mythology, uh, was during that time, you know, thousands of years ago, they're gods. Yes. They're legitimate uh, polytheistic gods. 
they weren't calling them myths. That's those were religions. And nowadays we're like, nah, that's silly. They were right. just they were just spun out. And that's a crazy thing, you know, when you get into like Genesis six and you start and and even um, in Deuteronomy where they're talking about giants in the Bible, it's like. Well, were they real? And it's like you, you, you talk about giants and people just, you know, they th you throw their hands up like it's all ridiculous. There's no possibility. But then when you get into that Greek mythology, um, you know, maybe those things were real uh, that they were seeing. Maybe, um, you know, Zeus was Satan and uh, his children were these fallen angels mating with human women giving us giants. I think, you know, starting about the 19th century, for sure, the 1800s, people started to get a lot more basic with their connection to everything, yeah. but especially nature and um, animals and creatures. And, and I just think, you know, before that time, 16th, 17th century, when people were traveling on boats, uh, adventurers and all this, I mean, yeah, they were coming back with some wild stories and people yeah. were believing them because they knew of the power of nature and, and all of that. Yeah. Now we just think somebody's making something up. Yeah. If somebody says, oh, I encountered this, we go, you're crazy. There's no way that's real. We would have already discovered it. Well, we also just kind of pick and choose what fantastical things we'll believe. A lot of people believe in UFOs now. And I mean, the government supposedly is coming out with all of this stuff that it's, you know, legitimate and whatnot. And that's fine. You know, I'm I'm down if you if you want to believe something a little left field or right field or however you want to define these these things that you believe are true. But then at the same time, somebody that believes in UFOs, let's say, you know, is an atheist or something. You know what I mean? Like they'll believe yeah. in this, but they won't believe in that. And and then if you look at it objectively, well, both are sort of unrealistic. You just have to have faith in one thing or the other. Yeah, you know, Mexico, apparently, the Mexican government unveiled two what they claim are two real alien bodies. Okay. And they showed them. This is not conspiracy theorists. This is the Mexican government brought out these two little alien bodies and they said these are real. Right. It's not conspiracy theory. The Mexican government owned by the Mexican drug cartel. They're not necessarily the most legit government in the world. I'm not discounting well, I'm it. I'm just saying, it, though. It, it's, the Mexican government is a little bit of a of a. I'm just saying, republic. though, it's like, uh, you know, a government is saying, hey, we got these things. These are real alien bodies. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Did you see the pictures? I did see them. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, it could be real. They're good but, looking? Yeah, no, no. Terrible. <laughs> they could be real, but I didn't touch them. Right. You know, but the thing about them is- But photos, what is, what's a photo nowadays that you just see on the internet? Right. Well, photos are, are totally unbelievable now. Yeah. Because of AI and that technology, all photos are now totally, um, you, they're not, nothing's credible. Um, yeah, I've always thought we're back in the dark ages that it's like the opposite of the middle ages of the dark ages when people couldn't get access to books. Now we have access to everything, but you don't, you can't believe anything because we have access to everything. Right. And people will think just because someone wrote a book that it's real. 
Like people have always criticized me about watching YouTube videos and getting information. And there's no difference really in that and writing a book. Um, You know, you just, one of them has a publisher, maybe, but that doesn't make it any more real or credible. It's just like, if someone agrees to print your thing, then that's it. Right. And even just being an expert in any given field, it doesn't necessarily mean that what you're, it's like you're shaping everything. You can shape and carve and make something to your point of view, any which way you want, whether you write that in a book or you edit it into a podcast or a YouTube video. Yeah. I mean, and think about like, we talked a lot about, well, we didn't talk a lot about it, but our episode, we talked a bit about Christopher Columbus, right? So for a long time, all growing up, uh, Christopher Columbus discovered America all growing up. That's what we were told. Christopher Columbus discovered America. And then so books and books and books, loads of history books written, credible sources written about Christopher Columbus discovering America. And now most people don't even believe that that's the case. Um, they believe that uh, Vikings came here long before uh, he didn't even actually come to America. He landed on some islands Um, you know, and it's like, so all these credible sources that were like, oh, we believe what they say. Now you just suddenly don't believe. Mm -hmm. So what makes those sources credible if suddenly you just don't believe the information anymore? Yeah. Whatever technocratic elites deem what is credible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, there's this, um, there's this guy, Alistair Crowley, who was like this big Satanist. He is, uh, I think he's the guy that's the father of Satanism, right? And he claims to have um, been able to open an inner, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Open a portal, interdimensional portal. He claims to have performed some type of ritual and opened this portal, and out came a demon, and this demon conversed with him and gave him information. And then he or his wife drew a picture of this demon. And if you look up the picture, the picture looks just like people's description of the gray aliens, Mm. you know, the small little face and the big head. And it's like, I just don't think that can be altogether discounted. That it's like, you know, we're talking maybe a space alien or we're talking an interdimensional being. Uh, And that's what people talk about the fourth dimension. They say like you take a piece of paper and it's like we operate on that plane. We operate on the piece of paper. But these other beings are able to go through the paper. It's better if you have a visual of that. But that's what they talk about. And. So it's like, um, that's why I don't believe in aliens. I don't, I believe in, in, you know, these, these foreign visitors in a sense from another dimension, but I don't believe in space aliens. It just seems a little suspicious that the government now is coming out. Yeah, there's been aliens this whole time, but they're coming out now when we have the internet and there's so much fake news and hype and just chaos and silliness 
on the web that that they're just throwing it in there now it's like what are you doing why what, what to what end is this like you got to wonder why are they saying it now is it just because it's easy to kind of sink it no one pays attention or is it just they're they're I don't know. It just it just seems like a distraction. It seems ridiculous. It's just, it's, it's, everything seems ridiculous. It does. It seems like a distraction, but no one's really distracted by it. No. No one cares about it. Gosh, no. We're all so distracted from our lives. <laughs> we're all so disconnected that we're like, ah, aliens. Who cares? It is interesting that uh, I think about that a lot doing comedy all the stuff going on in the world and yet I'm still just flying to cities and and telling jokes for people. Well, yeah, I mean if you just sit back and think about the last 3 years and how basically the last year or so we've sort of segwayed back into normalcy as if nothing crazy has just gone down with COVID and the pandemic well, yeah. and the world shutting. It's just weird. You could just you're just going about your day and here we go for all the lots. Like, guys, what the heck just happened, dude? Yeah, there was no even real celebration to the end of COVID because they really won't let it end. They keep being like, oh, there's another, there's another wave coming. It's even more dangerous. And it, it just, it won't end. Even Biden one day on TV said the pandemic is officially over. And everybody was like, all the other people were like, it's not over. It's <laughs> not over yet. They can't let it go. And it's like, um, you know, so we, it doesn't get to end. So there's no celebration of the end. We just kind of move back into being normal. I was talking to someone on Monday about my cabin and I was kind of explaining to them how we ended up doing it and why we ended up doing it. And I was like, well, we bought land in 2020. And I, I, I said to them, I go, I know that we're all kind of back to normal now, but if you remember 2020, it was crazy. <laughs> And we, and I thought we would never go back to normal again. I mean, I really believe that. And uh, so I'm pretty, I feel pretty fortunate that we are back to somewhat normal. Um, I started to see a few masks popping up in the airports, which I don't like seeing, especially, and I, I know I've said this uh, a, a thousand times, but now that, you know, they've already told us that basically no mask works. I mean, the N95 is the one mask that they're like, it might do something. But you see people out here with cloth mask on and it's and it's just like, they already told you that didn't work. Mm -hmm. The people that you believe have told you it doesn't work. Yeah. And you're wearing it. And then, you know, I just keep seeing, I, I had, a, I had a, late, a girl sit next to me on an airplane and she got, she boarded the plane with the mask. And then when she sat down, she took it off and kept it off the rest of the plane. And I'm just like, it don't bother me that you took it off, but what do you do? Why are you even wearing it if when you sit on a plane, you're taking it off? Like, I would think that'd be the time you would want to be wearing it. Well, humans are so fascinating. Those are the kind of people I really do want to ask. I'm like, what? Would you know something I don't know? What, what are you doing? What, why are you doing it like that? You know? Because I saw someone walking out of a Walgreens. I was in my car. They were walking out of Walgreens to the car. And 
they were just were regular. And then I saw her get in her car and put her mask on in her car and drive away. (laughs) I was like, what? Yeah. Now that was when we had all that weird kind of fog smog over uh, Nashville. I think it was because of the the Canadian wildfires or whatever. Well, but a, at the same yeah, time, I thought, weird explanation too. why did she just put her mask on in the car? It is, it's potential that she's just an insane person, but it was so weird. So weird. Yeah. I mean, I saw a person on, on the street not long ago in a, on a very hot day. And just walking alone on the street with a mask on. Yeah, I remember. I think I saw that. And it's just, it was a very hot day. Yeah. And 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 sometimes when I see people walking on the street, I think they might be wearing the mask just so people don't recognize them and they're hiding because they're walking down the street. But I'm like, it is not that big of a deal to walk down the street. I've walked down the street before. You know what I mean? It's like, I am not ashamed to walk down the street. Yeah, you know, everyone really went through something the past three years. I think some people came out of the pandemic, you know, better than they came than than before. I think obviously a lot of people struggled in a lot of different ways. And that's what I mean to, I just think, it just psychologically, I just think if we don't pause for a hot second and, and just take in what just went down i mean how yeah. you come out of the pandemic with children yeah absolutely i lost an appendix and gained two children yeah well you know i i seen you know there are some things like sometimes i'll see real old people wearing masks and i'm like i don't know why you're doing it but i'm not mad at you about it and i've seen um people have come to my shows who very clearly have cancer and they're wearing masks and i'm like you know what just do it i'm not mad at you about it you're going through a lot just wear the mask you know but it's like i'm talking normal looking people out here just wearing it i don't get it yeah but you know i don't know why you if that's what they need to go back into the world then who am i to judge well i I, i'm judging though Uh because i'm i'm like you're just reminding us all of this pandemic that we went through. Yeah. Well, maybe they don't care about you being triggered. But, you know. Maybe it, they just care about protecting you from the virus. Right, right. Because in the height of it all, they tried to flip it on everyone to make them go, no, you gotta, you wear the mask to protect other people. And so I guess that we just have a few saviors left out here just wearing it for us. Yeah, I don't care if people wear it. I don't care what they do. Um, But sometimes I have questions like that lady in Walgreens. Yeah. Yeah. I thought our baby was crying. He is. Okay. Yeah. I also, as I heard the sound, that fly went buzzing by my ear. The fly is just. We got a, we have a sliding glass door and our, our daughter will come out that sliding glass door and leave the door wide open. So flies be getting in the house. I'm just going to check on it. All right. So, all right. So we just had a, a weird mass discussion and we've been talking about some weird stuff. And then Hannah's took off. So now I'm alone here to cover um, at, through this. So I'm going to jump right out of that. 
And I'm going to go on and talk about some shows I did. I had the weekend off, but I did on Monday. I did new material Monday at Zany's, which is a lot of fun. If you live in the Nashville area or close, that's usually a really fun show. You can usually get buy one, get one free tickets or super cheap tickets. Uh, and, I'll, you know, you never ho- know who will be there. I did a spot this this week um, and, you know, I did an eight minute spot. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. I, what I like about that show is oftentimes it'll be people that never come to the club. Talk about New Material Monday. Mm-hmm. People that never come to the club. And a lot of times it seems like, and I don't expect every audience to know who I am. I'm not that kind of person that thinks, yeah, when I get up on the stage, everybody's going to know me. Um, but I do expect that some people will know me. Um, and, but sometimes at new material Monday, like this Monday, it felt like no one knew who I was. Um, so I really got an opportunity to try out. I mean, these jokes that I did were not brand new, but they're fairly new and I'm doing them mostly for my audience that comes to see me. So, um, it was, uh, it was nice to try those jokes out on a, on a, uh, uh, audience that didn't know me and, and just see if I could really get them with this new material. And, you know, I'm really trying to focus on not doing, I'm still saying we're having a good time a lot and I'm still waving a lot, <laughs> but I'm trying to not say my, we're having a good time joke and not do my wave joke. And on Tuesday, I had my show at Zany's, uh, Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. And on that show, I did, I hosted, I had a great lineup. This this past Tuesday was one of the best uh, Grand Old Comedy shows I've had in a long time. It was a real, I mean, they're all good. But this one, the audience was just hot. From the very beginning, they were just down to go with it. I had a great lineup of comics. It was just very fun and funny. And... I did a full hour at the end of the show and I never, and I did not do the, we're having a good time joke or the wave joke. Wow. And I was pumped about it. Yeah. That's gotta be exciting. I don't think I did one single joke off my special. Um, Which is yet to be released. Yes. But it's, um, so the fact that I've already got that, I mean, you know, if you come to see me on the weekend you know, like this weekend, I'll be in Syracuse, New York. I'd love it if people came. Um, I, I never sell that well in Syracuse. I've been going there for years. The shows are fun. I like going there. But they are uh, always pretty lightly attended, and I wish people would come. I don't know what it is. There was a shooting at the mall one time, and... Uh, the last time I was there, there was a manager. The manager of the Funny Bone was telling me that he was worried that he's he was like, I'm worried I'm about to get in trouble about uh, kicking this guy out of the club. He got a little physical with the guy and the guy was relentless on trying to get him fired. And then shortly after I left, I heard he did get fired. Um, so there's a lot going on at the club. Yeah. But uh, I like the club. I never feel unsafe there, but I wonder if there's things keeping people from coming. Um, Not a lot of people are going to malls these days. Yeah. Yeah. It is true. It's a big mall, though, because Syracuse is pretty close to Canada. And I think a lot of people used to come down from Canada to that mall to buy things. Mm. It's a big, big, I forget what it's called. Um, But I had a bunch of jokes about that mall 
that I never released. Mm -hmm. um, but I like going. I'll be there this weekend. The first time I ever went there, I opened for um, uh, Michael Winslow, the guy who makes all the voices uh, from the Police Academy movies. And that was fun. And then after I left there, I went up to Canada where I got reacquainted with Hannah. And after that trip, she left with me and went on the road. And we started dating that weekend. Yeah. That was in 2015. Yeah. And you reminded me of that today. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I like going to the club. It, it always reminds me of that. Um and uh, I wish people would come, but uh, last year, uh, please come. <laughs> yeah, please come. <laughs> <laughs> please come. Last year at my shows, the Syracuse, the football team, was undefeated, and they had a home game. So that was the excuse last year. They were like, "Well, Syracuse is good this year, and you got a home game. It's homecoming. It's going to be tough to draw." But last week they lost, so they're no longer undefeated, and I think the game is away this week. So plenty of opportunity to come. All right, and there are a few tickets left. <laughs> Get them while they're hot. Might be a good time for you to phase out, saying we're having a good time, because you know maybe that good time won't be rolling yeah. into that yeah, city. That's true. That is true. It's hard to stop saying it. I mean, my my hope is it's going to be a little while on the special coming out, but my hope is that when it comes out, um. It will solidify the we're having a good time joke so I can just say we're having a good time without having to do that joke mm -hmm. ever again. Maybe you'll get to the point where the audience says it. Yeah. Oh, I can only hope. Yeah. Um, probably not this weekend in Syracuse, though. No, probably not. Yeah. I always talk about this, too, though. I had, I had one show there one time. It was pretty packed. And I just did not feel like the show was very good. And... um a girl came up to me after the show and she goes, that was the best comedy show I've ever been to. Mm. And I was like, oh, wow, it was amazing. So the next year I was there, uh, I was up on stage and I felt like the show was not going that well. And I made reference to that. And that girl came up to me after the show and she goes, that was me that said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I hope she comes. Yeah. Uh, I hope I can keep living up to the best comedy show ever. Yeah. Oh, oh! Daisy's hey, awake now. Oh no! Hi, baby. Oh no! The the house is falling apart. I can when the door opened, I could hear our little boy crying downstairs, and Daisy woke up and came in here and got us. Uh, so podcast is rough these days. It is. I tell you, I mean, I was out there at the land picking up sticks and throwing them on top of my cardboard while holding a baby and he was drooling all over the cardboard and uh, it's wild. Uh, but we're having a good, <laughs> we're having a good time out here. I mean, I can't imagine what a baby must think, you know, like I, I guess a toddler, right? My daughter, right? She's two years old. She wakes up and she comes into the room and me, her, her mom and dad are sitting in a room with lights pointed on both of them. It's very bright in here. 
cameras going. I don't even know if she knows what the camera is. Cameras going. They have microphones in front of their face and they're just having a conversation like they always have, but a little bit louder and a little bit more performative. And I wonder if she must just think, what is going on out there? Uh, Hannah wanted to do, uh, she wanted to talk about ants a little bit on this podcast. Uh, She had read an article in the New York Times about ants. I don't know if it's, oh, it's the New Yorker about ants. And I don't know what the article is about, Uh, obviously ants, but I don't know altogether what it's about. And we did a Nate Land episode one time about uh, battling ants. Uh, And I forget exactly how many ants, but it was like, could humans beat ants if the ants, you know, all joined forces and came, if all the ants that existed on Earth today joined forces and decided to go after humans, could they beat us? And, And I said, no, I don't think so. But... I've seen like, I don't know if it's Africa or if it's South America, but there are these army ants. Uh, I used to be really into ants and they're these army ants. And when you watch them do things, it's like, I don't know if all the ants were army ants. Um, I think they would beat us. But, you know, a lot of the ants would be these ants that we always called piss ants. Um, I don't know where that comes from, except for they just kind of piss you off because they're just all over the place and they just come in and they get in your honey and they'll just uh, in my dad's house growing up, they used to get in all our cereal boxes. We had to buy these Tupperware containers to cover up the cereal boxes and uh to keep the ants out of there and um i don't think they're gonna be taking over anything uh fire ants uh i know we got a listeners you know from from outside of the country and also in northern states uh so you may not be as familiar with fire ants and they're not even as big of a problem in uh nashville tennessee as they were in alabama and I'm talking about ants. Oh, okay. And they're not even as bad at here as they were in uh, South Carolina. When I sold pesticides in Charleston and in Savannah, Georgia, the fire ant killer was a huge market. I would sell tons of fire ant killer because they'll just come and 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 I'm and I'm I'm uh, you know addressing the fact that we have listeners from northern states and other countries and. Uh, I don't think they have fire ants up north, but fire ants will just come and they'll build these big mounds. And my dad used to, we would ride the four wheelers. And as we were riding, he would purposely just run over every fire ant mound he encountered uh, because they're just so annoying. And then they'll bite you. I mean, they'll eat you up. I mean, something I, I used to play with fire ants all the time as a kid. I mean, I loved when I was at my dad's house. I mean, it was just we were just out in the country. There was no Internet. Uh, we got to watch TV. We got to play video games. But it's like that stuff was only so entertaining back in the day. And I would I was pretty cruel to insects when I was a kid. 
Um, I just didn't have a lot of respect for them. And then I ended up selling pesticides and contributing to killing even more. And I've completely turned over a new leaf. And I I don't want to kill a single insect. I killed a spider yesterday and I apologized to the spider. I was like, I don't want to kill you, but you look poisonous and I'm rearranging some stuff and I don't, I just don't want to let you live in the garage. I don't know what things are sentient, but I don't have a problem assuming that they're not non-sentient and killing them like yeah. insects, bugs. But I used to take, you know, fire ants and I would, I would, I would take a cup and I would scoop a big chunk out of one fire ant mound and then I would step on another fire ant mound and dump those fire ants from the other mound in there and watch them fight because they would, you know, the fire ants that just got stepped on would think that the ants that were just dumped in their mound did that to them. That's a real sadist. Like I say, I was very cruel to insects. Yeah. And I would throw worms in the fire ant mound and watch them eat the worms. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but I think when you grow up in the country like that, uh, depending on your parents, I guess, I don't think that you have a real respect for animals and insects because they're so abundant. I think now I'm just so aware of how much uh, developed, developing is going on that I'm just like, I just feel bad for those things now. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're just running out of space and it just makes me sad. I believe in ants. I believe ants will always find a way. As no long question. As there's dirt. Ants are going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, ants and ants are, you know, a good, you know, decomposers. They help break down dead animals. So, if we all start dying off for some reason, um, ants will be there to clean up the mess. I believe so. I read this article, Dusty. It was written in 2008 um, by Nick Uh It's called One by One in the New Yorker. And they, they talk a little bit about ants. The ants go marching one by one. Hurrah, mm-hmm. hurrah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sing that song now because we have kids. Um, But this fella, he was doing some kind of paper on ants, and he started to study the ants in Manhattan. And uh, this is is just a little bit about, you know, what he was up to and what he was learning. Ants, like humans, are into career specialization, livestock herding, engineering, climate control, in-flight sex, and war. For them, as for us, Uh, Free will may or may not be an illusion. As for whether ants look to humans for insight into themselves, science has no answer. And it says here. (laughs) I was like, is that it? (laughs) Well, for example, ants seem to have an astute sense of neighborhood stereotypes. The Upper West Side as it happens, is more diverse ant-wise than the Upper East Side. Diversity is a function of habit, and habit on the medians is reflective of the people who live around them. As you might expect, Park Avenue medians contain fewer garbage cans and less complex flora. They are more manicured, less riotous. On some parts of Broadway, it doesn't look like anyone's been there for years. Ants like that. 
ants like when there's less going on? I guess so. What are they eating around there then? I don't know. Probably still a lot of dead rats. I and mean, stuff. it's New York. Yeah. So there's stuff. I wonder what kind of ants they even have. You know, ants growing up, we had fire ants. We had carpenter ants, which would be big black ants with little pinchers on their face. Yeah. And I used to catch those. I love those. We had ants called cow ants. I don't know if, if that was actually the, the technical term. I do think it is a name for them, a cow ant. And it was a red, it was like an orange and black almost furry ant. It looked like it had a little fur on it. And when you would catch it, you could hear it almost buzzing like it was, um, like it had, like it was almost like a bee. It didn't have wings because uh, all the all the ants that you normally see are all females and they're all, they're all sterile females. The only ants that are the males are the ones with the wings. Those are the drone ants. And then the uh, queen, obviously, is a female, and but the only fertile one. But all the others are females. Um, but I never understood the cow ant because I never had found a cow ant mound. I never found a, a, a hive of cow ants. Carpenter bees either. I think they lived in the trees. But fire ants, you could always find those. Well, according to this article, the more you think you know about ants, the less you know. Because you can that go. can't be true. You, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my own wording. Okay. <laughs> the article didn't say that, but okay. I was kind of like just playing off what you said, trying okay. to sound interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> but but this man, he was looking for ants in Manhattan. And he so he would go to the places where he would think, okay, there's going to be ants, like a park or where there's lots of garbage. But then he would go there and then they wouldn't be there. But then he would go somewhere else and inconspicuously there would be ants there or conspicuously there would just be a bunch of ants there. And so he's kind of like, well, where do I even look? Um, but this is talking about um, ants here too. Ants got um, from one median to another, mostly via intercourse. A queen and a male, both winged, mate in the air the nuptial flight, as it's known, the male dies and the female alighting in a new place starts a colony. One mating session provides her with enough ant sperm to last a lifetime. She can produce an egg every few seconds for the rest of her life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And then all the other ants, uh, they take care of those eggs. They protect those eggs. I mean, that's what they do. And ants are amazing. Like I have this, um, uh, you know, hummingbird feeder that I was setting up and it's just basically sugar water. And, uh, and, um, okay. And it's just sugar water. And it, I got, I got it on a chain hooked to a shepherd's hook and these ants, I'll hung, hang up that hummingbird feeder, and in a matter of hours, they will have climbed all the way up that shepherd's hook, around, down the chain, and find the sugar water, and then they'll make a trail. Mm-hmm. And they'll be coming, and I, I guess, I don't know what they're doing with the water. Maybe they drink it and then regurgitate it later, but, I mean, they can find things, and then they just... They just make their little trail, and like like 
two, two or three years ago, we had a real ant problem here at the house where we had those black ants that we called piss ants growing up. And they would come in and they made that trail all the way across the floor. Okay. And my sister put out diatomaceous earth to get this year to get rid of them. They used to make... Spectracide used to make some really good stuff, but I think they had to tone down all the chemicals. It's still pretty good. Um, that's the traps. Now, actually, we didn't even use the spectracide. Yeah, but that diatomaceous earth knocked those ants out. Yeah, it did. Permanently. Yeah. It was amazing. It is amazing. I mean, your sister is queen hack. Yeah. Um, There are roughly 12,000 known species of ants the three most common on the medians in New York City were, in ascending order, the cornfield ant, the thief ant, and from Europe, the pavement ant. If you see an ant walking on a pavement, it's probably a pavement ant. Also, if you see ants fighting on a pavement, they have huge fights. They bite each other. Yeah, they do have huge fights. That's what fights. was getting your rocks off when you were younger. Yeah, I mean, I was all into that sort of stuff. I loved catching insects. I mean, my dad used to get so mad at me because my dad would be out working on the tractor. And my dad would want me to watch him work on the tractor and learn things. But me, I was not interested in that. What I wanted to do was go pick up a rock or or a cement block or a brick somewhere just to see what kind of insects were under there. I was all about finding a centipede, a millipede, a roly-poly. We had these uh, insects. My dad always called them a doodle bug, but they they would get in like a real sandy area and they would make these like pits basically they would they would go down in a circle and make almost a little sand trap so little insects would come along and fall in that trap and they couldn't get out because of the sandiness the more they tried to get out the more trapped they were and the doodle bug would get them mm-hmm. and little earwigs um i was wow. all about it there was these I don't know what kind of, we, we always thought they were hornets, but I don't know what they were, but they would, in my mom's house, they would come, our trailer park, one side, we had a lot of grass in our yard, but the other side was all sand and dirt. We never really could get grass to grow there. And these hornets would come and they would land on the sand and then they would burrow very quickly. They would dig a hole and go into the earth. And then I would take a jar and sit it over their hole. So then when they would fly up out of the hole, they would be trapped in the jar and then I would slip a lid under there. And then I would have these hornets trapped in there. And then I would put, you know, other insects in there with them to try to get them to fight, you know, um, I just wanted to see what it was, what was happening. I, mean, I was just a curious kid, no internet. I had to do all this discovery on my own. I never was cruel to animals, but always to insects. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's some little boy stuff right there. Yeah, I mean, I was all about it. I mean, I would, I would make my own little ant farms, but I never had, you know, um, I never had a queen, but I would just get a jar put some dirt in it, put a bunch of ants in it and watch them dig tunnels. I mean, (laughs) it was amazing. Is it hard to get a queen? Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably if somebody really knows what they're doing, uh, you could probably get it. I get, you probably just got to dig real deep in the, 
in the mound. Um, but I never, I never knew how to do any of that. I was just scooping up ants. Mm-hmm. Well, God bless you. You know, and I love that. I would also go catch crawfish and salamanders and tadpoles and stuff out of the water too. I mean, my dad, when he, when he went through his divorce, when I was probably 14 or so, 13 or 14, you know, I was getting a little older. I mean, I was a really innocent kid until suddenly I wasn't anymore. And then I learned a lot real fast. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I turned 16, uh, and I started driving, my eyes really started to be open to the world. And then when I turned 17, I really started getting into some stuff. But, um, you know, up until I got a driver's license, I, I go to my dad's house and I'd still roam around the farm. I mean, my stepbrothers were gone at that point because my dad had gone through a divorce and I'd just be alone a lot, you know, so I'd go out. And my dad had a, an aquarium. He always had an aquarium growing up in this one place. We did so many videos in front of this aquarium. But his fish had started to die. So I would catch minnows and little brim, and I would fill the aquarium with minnows and brim. What's brim? Uh, it's like a little fish. Okay. And uh, it was great. And I catch turtles. I had a turtle trap, drop a cage down in a pond put a little bread in there. These little loggerhead turtles would work their way into the trap and couldn't get out. I mean, I had it going on. I mean, I was all about it. Yeah. little Tom Sawyer. Yeah. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I should, you know, all the talk of all the poisonous snakes that, because we just saw a snake recently. Actually, yesterday I opened the garage door and there was a little snake laying there on the pavement and then it slithered immediately into the garage. Uh, luckily, I have a snake friend. He's a listener of the, I think he's a listener of this podcast as well as um, Nate Land named uh, Jesse Rothacker. And he's a big reptile guy. He's all about reptiles and uh and so i i was able to snap a picture of the uh snake even though i don't know if the snake got out i took the picture and then i was trying to clear out the way to push him out with a broom and then by the time i got it clear the snake was gone so i don't know if it got out or if it went deeper into the garage but jesse was able to confirm confirm that it was just a garter snake and that it's not poisonous. And I have heard of garter snakes, uh, and I know they're not poisonous. I didn't figure this snake was poisonous when it went in, but I don't like snakes. Um, I'm not into them. I never have been into them. A couple of show-and-tells here and there. I've held snakes. I don't like it. They're slithery, evil-looking things. Yes, they are. And even if they're not poisonous, a lot of them still bite. And I don't like to be bitten. Yeah, it's got, what, a clothed tongue? Yeah, forked tongue. Forked tongue. Yeah. And I don't trust anything that doesn't have limbs but gets around just fine. Yeah. You know, there is a theory, uh, a, a biblical sort of theory about the serpent. Everybody... Um, you know, I think uh, assumes that the snake uh, had legs prior to um, this this event with Adam and Eve, and um, because you know the the serpent was cursed 
after this uh, event with Adam and Eve that it would now crawl on its belly. But there are some people that believe that the serpent had wings, which would make it a bit more like a dragon. And when you get into certain like revelation, they'll call Satan the fiery serpent, the dragon, you know, Mm -hmm. so... That's that's some interesting stuff. I have an I maybe people listening to this podcast uh will have an answer for this. I'm just thinking of this right now. Um and um you know when Cain like Adam and Eve, now people that are not biblical people will think this is all ridiculous and it doesn't matter. But I'm talking people that are 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 biblical people. Uh oh, I had another theory I wanted to do. I'll save it for next week. Um but that um, I got to research it a little more. But Adam, Adam and Eve were the first people, right? And then uh, they had uh, Cain and Abel, right? So up until this point in the Bible, all we know about is that there is Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel. That's four people, right? That's all we know about. And then Cain kills Abel. And God curses Cain and tells him that he is to roam the earth. And Cain is like, you know, don't send me. And I, I, I should have a Bible to read it, but I, I don't want to be digging around up here. Uh, I just thought of this right now. And Cain is like, says to God, you know, you know, if you send me into that city, they'll kill me. So God marked Cain so that he wouldn't get killed, right? My question is, who was in this city? Who are these other people? Where did they come from? I mean, did Adam and Eve just have a bunch of other kids that we don't know about, and those kids went off and started a city? Or did God create other people? Or who were these people? This is all early Genesis, if anybody has any uh, answers or any interesting theories, send it to me at DustySlayComedy at gmail.com. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, that's my question. I've asked people this before. Nobody has any answers. But it's like, who are these people that are just living there? Where did they come from? Well, isn't it possible that got like the Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve, they're just kind of earmarked as important you know, characters in the Bible? And then these other people, it's like, you know, they're not really the stars of the show. Yeah, but where they come from is my point. What does it matter? Well, I, people love to ask a what does it matter well, question. What, what does it matter? Well, it matters because, you know, Adam was, you know, supposedly, as we believe, the only man that God, you know, created out of the dust. Uh, and then he created Eve from Adam's rib. Right. So he created these two beings. And then the rest of us were born naturally through uh, a man and a woman making love to each other and getting pregnant. So it's a big deal. And there's parallels between Adam and Jesus. You know, there's a lot of different things because Jesus was is, a, is also a man not having a completely natural birth. He still goes through the 
pregnancy phase and Mary gives birth to him, but he has no earthly father. So did God create Adam and Eve and then go, all right, these are the first man and first woman, but I'm going to create a lot of other people. And if he created a lot of other people, why did they not get talked about? Why, why are they not important? That's my question. I'm not saying it. No, it's a good question. Uh, I'm not saying it matters, but people love to ask a, what does it matter? Thing. Sorry, I did that to you. That's okay. I'm sorry I did it to you. Um, I just think, I think all things matter. Hmm. I think we should Except all. Except for that rat snout. <laughs> well, you weren't trying to figure out the lesson on that one. Well, you know what though? Ants and bees were eating that rat snout snout and so maybe whatever ate that animal said i'm gonna save a little i'm gonna save 10 percent for the other for the other animals that's the lesson huh well save 10 percent 10 percent tithe like a tithing yeah i mean there's certain things in leviticus where it talks about when you get the crops out of your field you know save a certain amount save this or that for you know like the poor people or whatever that might come around and gather those Mm -hmm. So that's beautiful. Well, this has been a good podcast. This has been a good podcast. And uh, come see me this weekend in Syracuse. Thank you very much. We're having a good time.